Jesus. Once again, good morning, sirs, and good morning, ma. And welcome to the month of March. And like uh, Dr. Yudukun has prophesied, you will march into your greatness, into your abundance, into your victory in Jesus' name. Even as you are seated in heavenly places far above principality and power on the head of your enemy. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, before we share the word of God quickly, uh, sometimes last year we uh, collected some information to make a business directory for those of us that have businesses in church. And we realized that with the amount of information we have, it would be better for us to have like a magnet. But not unfortunately, it's quite expensive. It's not as cheap as we uh, had expected. And this is what uh, we're still going to edit it, but this is what it's going to look like. But each one costs $11.50 to make. And the goal is for every family in the church to have at least one that they can put on their fridge. Uh, what we have here now, that uh, Apex Baker, Audacious Human here, even A to Z Plus, Beauty Center, Ganikie, uh, Gladritos, Glamour House of Beauty, Icon, Kempsey Kitchen, Linda Touch, uh, Preston Concept, Ruya Event, the UPS store, Velvet Scent, Yings Diamond. I mean, if anybody wasn't in church on that day and you want to also include your business, we'll gladly accept it. But we also need our help. I want to kindly request that, I mean, especially for those of us that have our information there, can you bless me with $20? Thank you. So you can see any of the ushers at the back. And you can give more than that, but want to produce enough copy for the church. And each one costs $11.50. So please and please, bless me with $20. And I'll be praying for you. Thank you so much. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at somebody beside you and say, smile, it's not that difficult. Amen. I mean, the Lord has done so much for us, and we're believing God that in this month of March, there will be testimonies in Jesus' name. So I want to quickly go into the Word of God. We know today is our Thanksgiving service. Uh, the first Sunday of every month in the Redeemed Christian Church of God worldwide is when we have our uh, Thanksgiving. But before we begin to thank God and celebrate, we want to quickly look at the Scripture. I'll be looking at the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 15. I'll read from verse number 1. Romans chapter 15. I'll read from verse number 1, and I will read the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 15, from verse number 1. And it says, We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves, we should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scripture say, the insult of those who insult you, O God, are falling on me. Such things were written in the scripture long ago to teach us, and the scripture gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promise, promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, 
as it's fitting for followers of Christ Jesus, then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praises and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse number 7. Therefore, accept each other, just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. In, the book, in this book of Romans, chapter number 15, Apostle Paul started, I mean, uh, flip back to discuss some issue, and some of the issue that he was discussing with them has to do with the holy days, the days you worship, where you worship, as well as what you eat and what you don't eat. And he was telling them of those who probably uh, believe that with what they eat, they will not be condemned. Which the day in which they worship, I mean, take for example, I know some of us, some people have asked the same questions before, that why do we worship on Sunday and not on Saturday, which has to be a Sabbath day? And there were those confusions and then uh, argument going on, and Apostle Paul called their attention to it and said, it should not be about where you worship, when you worship, what you eat, and what you, uh, what you don't eat, and he talks about their conscious death. Then he now said, in verse, I mean, in chapter number 15, after all that had been said, he said in chapter number 15, he said, now for those of you who, because of your level of understanding, because of your faith in God, because of your closeness with God, you have passed that stage, passed that level, where you can do some certain things which others cannot do, or which their conscience will not allow them to do. He said, we should be what? We should be careful what we do, how we do it, when we do it, so that those who are weak in faith will not fall. Praise the name of the Lord. So that those who are weak in faith will not fall. And it is also something that we all know very well, that even in the church of God, like we are now, we are not all on the same level. So I'll be talking to us on what I tie to, I need you. I need you. We are not all on the same level. Every, each and every one of us, some of us have been born again for quite a while. Some of us in our relationship with God, we have grown to some certain, I mean, certain level in, in, I mean, in the Lord. Our level of spirituality is way up there. Some of us, I mean, we study the word, we know the word, we can pray, and we have grown in the Lord. But Apostle Paul here was telling us, he said, we have to use that to our advantage. Advantage in what sense? That those who are strong should help those who are weak. Those who have re reached that level of maturity should help those who are still weak in the Lord. And those are the things that are expected in the body of Christ. Those are the things that is expected of us as children of God, as a believer. Because in most cases, what we do is that we look for the way to bring down others to destroy them rather than helping them or building them up in the Lord. Rather than helping them or build them up in the Lord. And here, Apostle was calling our attention to it that doing so will make us being selfish. Why? Because Christ died for each and every one of us. And he wants everybody to have that opportunity to know him, to come to his knowledge, and also to grow in the same way in which you have grown by the grace of God. So he said, doing so without uh, taking other people into consideration means we are, being, uh, we are being selfish. So what does he expect us to do? He wants us to give a helping hand. He wants us to uh, strengthen, encourage, and build up those who have not grown 
in the law, those who are not yet mature, those who have not yet reached that level in which you are operating uh, by the special grace of God. And at the same time, that is what the whole world is waiting to see. But unfortunately, you know, when the world looks into the church, what they see is division, misunderstanding, argument, and disunity in the body of Christ. And if we are one body, it ought not to be so. So what do we do? How do we move forward? And what is expected of us? You know, in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7 and 8, uh, 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse 7 and 8, the, the scripture says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. He that loveth is born of God, and he knows God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In other words, the, wo- the way the world we see that we are of God is in how we demonstrate our love towards each other. Is the way in which we express our love towards brethren. But what do we see? We see the believers, the Christians, talking about a fellow Christian brother or sisters to the unbelievers. And the unbelievers, we say, and those are the people that call themselves Christians, that I would rather not be a Christian. And they will say, after all, even though I don't go to church, but yet I'm better than those who go to church. And that is not building the body of Christ. That is not building the church of God. That is not preaching the gospel. That is destroying the body of Christ, the work of God. So what do we expect? What are we expected to do? As to the believers, there has to be a love among brethren. There has to be love among brethren. In the book of John chapter 13, verses 35, John chapter 13, verse number 35, the scripture says, by these shall all men know that ye are my disciple, if you should love one another. By this, this is how the whole world we know that of a true we are children of God when we love one another. When we express the love, the love of Christ among brethren. And of course, the Apostle Paul told us what love is. He said the charity is suffer for long, is bishop, I mean, his patience will not take revenge. And if charity or love will not pay evil for evil. And that is what the world is waiting to see in us as the children of God. That is what we prove to the whole world that we are of God. That we belong to God. That we belong to God. When we begin to demonstrate this love that is expected of us. Now, when we talk about love, it does not mean that there will not be misunderstanding. Oh, yes, it's bound to happen. Like somebody said, when we're making progress, we are bound to step on each other's toe. But how do we reconcile our differences? Should make difference, should be different from the way the world does it. How do we reconcile our differences when there are misunderstandings among brethren, among fellow Christians? How should we handle it? It's not things that we do and we say, well, until we, until we get to heaven. It's only God that will settle this quarrel. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that because it doesn't get to him. Praise the name of the Lord. So we need to find a way to reconcile and to work out our differences. Why? 
Because one of the reasons why we keep from coming to church is because as Pastor Paul said, we have to encourage ourselves until Christ returns. And if we keep coming to church and we leave all these things hanging in our life, it may hinder us. Then of what use will it be? Coming to church, building head I mean, paying tithes, doing everything. All are just by the way. The most important thing is how we make it to heaven. And there, these are the little, little things that may hinder or be an obstacle to you and I making it. And I'm believing God that none of us will fall by the wayside in Jesus' name. So the world is waiting to see how we demonstrate love among brethren. We need to show the world that this is, what it, this is how it ought to be among the believers, among the children of God, in how we show love to one another. And also they are waiting to see that unity among us. In the book of Psalm chapter 133, verse number 1, Psalm 133, verse number 1, the Bible says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Behold, how good and how pleasant. We all know in the book of Genesis chapter number, uh, I think the, uh, Genesis chapter 16 or so, the Bible talks about, the, the, I, mean, the, 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 I mean, the people, when they come together and they said, we're going to build a temple, Genesis chapter 6, we want to build a tower. And God looked at them and they said, because they are together, nothing that they have agreed to do will be impossible for them. Do you know, if we all come together as a church and we say, this is what we are doing, we can, we can make it happen. We can make it happen in anything. We can make it happen. And the Bible says, how beautiful it is when the brethren, when they dwell together, when the people of God, he said, when they walk together in unity, in unity. Why? Because when you are together, it also keeps the enemy away. Because the moment you are in unity, the first thing the enemy wants to do is to cause division, is to cause quarrel and misunderstanding among you. Whether in the family, among the couples, I mean, do you observe, I think somebody shared uh, sometimes ago of a couple who were having a misunderstanding and they wouldn't greet each other to sleep. And when the husband, I don't know where the read it or had it from, I can't remember, but I remember the story. But not the way it happened, but you get the idea, you know what I'm saying? Praise the name of the Lord. And uh, because they were not talking to each other, so the husband wanted to sleep. And he wrote a note, put it by the side of the wife, and said, please, wake me up at 6 a.m. And when it was 6 a.m., the wife also wrote the paper and put it, it's 6 a.m., get up. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So the moment there is division at home, the enemy will get advantage. He will take opportunity of that. You know, in some part of Africa, they always say when there's a crack in the wall, there are some... What do you call it? Ants, lizards. I don't know. Okay. Roaches. Foreign agents. Uninvited guests. Lizards. They find their way in. They find their way in when there's a crack in the church. The enemy does what? They find their way in. You know what will happen? The prayer will not be answered. Because where there is division, where there is confusion, where there is misunderstanding, God will not be there. But where there is unity, where there is love, 
There's a songwriter said, in the, uh, God dwell in love. Because that is who he is. That is who he is. You want to, un- I mean, the, the definition, definition of love is God. Because the Bible says, for God is love. So when we begin to work together in unity, whether as a couple or in our family, also in the church of God, things will move forward. The enemy will not gain advantage. He won't have opportunity. It will keep him afar off. In the book of James chapter 3, verse number 16, James chapter 3, verse number 16, the Bible says where, where there is envy, where there is strive, where there is confusion and evil work, who does all that is the enemy. That is what devil does. So God wants us to live in unity. He wants us to live in unity. Living in unity does not mean that we are all on the same level. Borrowing the same passage, that they, they say, I mean, the, the uh, word of Apostle Paul in that Romans chapter 15, in verse number 1, he said, we that are strong in faith, we that have reached maturity, and we look at others the way they act, the way they behave, the way they speak, and we say, oh my goodness, God. Look at this one. What do we do? You carry their burden. You begin to intercede for them. You begin to intercede for them. If I may ask us, please don't raise your hand so that you don't be embarrassed. How many of us have somebody in this church that you are praying for? Don't raise your hand. Raise it within you. Not outside, not publicly. Apart from praying for pastor, I know pastor, we are praying for you. But pastor is not the only one that needs prayer. How many of us genuinely, because when you see somebody, you, some of us, we heard what people are going through. You know this sister is having this issue. You all know that brother is having this challenge. How many of us sincerely, we know that every time we are praying, we remember these people that the Lord has laid upon our heart, we remember them in our prayers. That is what we're supposed to do. That is what we're supposed to do. As Christians, what do we do? We bear each other's burden. We bear each other's burden. You notice that a particular brother or a particular sister in the church, he has only one shoe. And you know it. Flesh and blood has not revealed to you. What do you do? You take time and look at the size. When you're coming the next Sunday, you buy a shoe, the one that you yourself you can wear, and you may just put his or her name on it. Even without him or her, no. Not until they say thank you. Not until they say thank you. How do we help each other? How do we bear each other's burden? How do we care for one another as children of God? Of what use will it be if it's only one person that makes it in the church? You know, they said in some part of the world, that said, they said if it's only one person that is rich in the family, they are all as well poor. Because of the pressure. So what about we help each other? What about we assist one another? What about we support each other in what we are doing? That will make the world know. They will see the difference and say, wow. If that is what they do in church, I think I have to go to church. I know before when people, when they are looking for wives to marry, they say, oh, you want to get married? Go to church. That was then. 
up to now. And even those who are not born again, those who don't have any business in church, will come to church because they know that in church they will get good worms. Praise the name of the Lord. But Christianity is much more than that. Christianity is us hearing, apart from showing love, apart from working together in unity, we also need to show care to one another. In the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2, Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2, the Bible says we need to bear each other's burden. And that is how we fulfill the law. We need to bear each other's burden. We need to bear each other's burden. When I was still in elementary school, we used to sing a song that whoever you are able to assist, that is your neighbor. Take care of him or her. Whoever you are in position to assist, that is your neighbor. Pastor, this way it's not your, it's not your neighbor. Are you? You are not? <laughs> okay, it's my neighbor. <laughs> we sit together. Praise the name of the Lord. So the Bible says that we need to bear each other's burden. We need to bear each other's burden. What are we doing? To help each other, to take each other's, uh, bear each other's burden. And also, there has to be trust. There has to be trust. I know that is a very, very heavy because trust is built. You have to hand it. And for us as children of God, I should be able to trust that doing business with Pastor Adesoye, I'm going to get the best deal from him. That if I'm doing business with him, I should be rest assured that what is going to, whether the service or the product that I'm getting from him is the real one. And it will not be overpriced. It should not be overpriced. Not such that they will say, well, just because it is you, I'm giving it at this price, whereas that is ridiculous price. That is not good price. I will say, ah, it is just because it is you. So doing business with us as Christians should give us the assurance that, like they will say, that we can beat our chest and say, no, he's a Christian brother, and I'm trusting that what I'm doing with him, I, I, I mean, I can do it with my eyes closed. In other words, even in our dealings, in our businesses, we have to be genuine. So that we, as Christians, will be able to recommend other people. You know, I've seen the unbelievers who, people are willing to do business with them more than the believers. More than believers. But for us, as children of God also, we also have to build this and let people know we are people of integrity. That we are people of integrity. The people will not be attracted to you in the first I mean, the first time, but again and again, as you do it, they will come to realize that this guy is genuine, that this sister is original. So whatever business we do as children of God, let our yes be yes and our no be no. Because the Bible says anything that is outside of that is not of God. Anything that is outside of that is not of God. So we cannot say we are children of God 
and people are doing business with others and they, they, can't, they can't testify. And when other people are coming, don't go to that brother. Don't go near that sister. You don't want to do it. It may be difficult. But guess what? As time goes on, the Lord will build you up and he will also build your business in Jesus' name. And also there has to be understanding. There has to be understanding. Definitely we have to give room for differences. We have to give room. That, yes, they may make mistakes, may, but we know it's, it's, they are genuine and hero. There has to be understanding in how we deal with each other. In the families, in the home, we have all kinds of children. We have those who, their mouth is very, very sharp. They can talk. And we have those who are very, very conservative. They are very reserved. They don't talk that much. But that does not exclude them from being a member of that family. What do we do? We understand their personality and we still work with them. That is what we do. Even for us as husband and wife, we do have our differences, but we understand our weaknesses. We understand our shortcomings and we build each other up. We help each other. We develop each other. What are we saying? For me to build my business, I need you. Because if you don't patronize me, how do you expect the outsiders to patronize me? Meaning what? As children of God, we need to patronize each other. And also, for us as children of God, we also have to be sure that the kind of business we do, how we do it, we also do the right thing for the people. We also do the right thing for the people. And as well, we have people who are not yet as good as you are, as sound as you are, spiritually they are not yet there. What do we do? We build each other up. There is song by Ezekiah Walker. He said, I need you, you need me. We are all part of the family. It is his will, God's will, that every need be supplied. You are important to me. You are important to me. No man is an island. No man. And God does not, God didn't expect you to do it alone, and that is why he has brought us together. But how do we help each other? How do we build ourselves up? How do we assist one another? And how do we stand in gap in the place of prayer for each other? How do you stand in, the, in gap in the place, I mean in prayer, for my family? How do you stand in gap on behalf of the sister that is sitting next to you? The brother that is sitting next to you for his or her children, for her marriage, for their businesses and their career. You know, sometimes we just wonder when we say, oh, well, how, can, how am I going to pray for one hour? How am I going to pray for 45 minutes? Because the prayer is not meant for you alone and your family. There are other people in the church that you know that this one is trusting God for the fruit of the womb. That this one is believing God for life partner and peradventure. Maybe the person that is seated, I mean, sitting next to you is still, I mean, believing God that they'll be able to regularize their paper. What about you, it, you take it as a burden and intercede for that brother, for that sister. They don't need to know you are doing it. 
No, you don't need to tell you and say, bro, I'm praying for you. No, you don't need to. You don't need to tell her and say, sister, I'm praying, no, and I'm praying sincerely. In fact, in my, myself and my, and my husband or my wife, every Wednesday, we wait on the Lord for you. You don't need to. Although that might be encouraging sometimes. But the challenge ought to be your challenge. The burden ought to be your burden. What they are going through, you need to also be a part of it, a part of their life. And in the book of Romans, chapter 14, Romans chapter 14, verses 12 and 13, you know, we'll be wondering then, so if somebody is not living his life in order, if somebody dress anyhow, if somebody behave anyhow, don't I have the right to judge them? Don't I have the right to condemn them? Don't I have the right to do this or to do that? Here in the book of Romans chapter 14, verse number 12, Apostle Paul wrote and he said, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Each one of us, every one of us, will give a personal account to God. I will give account of my, myself, my stewardship. You will give your own account. And in verse 13, so, Let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Make that determination. You make that decision that, oh, I am going to live in such a way that I will not be a stumbling block and I will not cause anyone to fall. Do you know what caused other people to fall? It's when you speak evil about them behind. When you talk evil about people, it caused them to fall. It shouldn't be said that we gossip about each other. No. I mean, we have a Christian way of doing it. Let's pray for Brasso and so. You know, he's going through this. Ah, man. That brother, it is work. Let's just pray any, anyway. The Bible says, decide, make up your mind. Make up your mind that you not be a stumbling block. You know why it, is, why it is dangerous to be a stumbling block? Because Jesus Christ said, if you cause anyone to fall, it's better that you are not born. It is better that you are not born at all. Or you just hang a millstone on your whole neck and jump into... Lagoon. Why do you need the, the millstone so that you don't float? You can just remain at the bottom. In other words, it's better to die than to cause somebody else to fall. So the question now is, what action of mine, what attitude of mine is causing somebody to fall or will cause somebody to fall? How am I standing in somebody else's way? How do I call or cause, or how am I causing, or how can I cause somebody else to fall? What do I do? I just have to make up my mind. I said, that should not be me. I should not be a stumbling block to him. I should not be a stumbling block to her. It does not work. Nobody should fall because of me. Nobody. It ought not to be so. And here, Apostle Paul is saying, yes. You are spiritually sound. The Lord has helped you. 
help the other people. Don't be cause them to fall. See how you can help them. See how you can help them. Jesus Christ also said in the book of Romans chapter 15 that we read, he said, it's not living for himself. The insult, the reproach of those who reproach God is on him. He carries it on him. He's not living for himself. So may I please encourage us this morning that the life that we live now, we don't just live for ourselves. We don't just live for ourselves. Not only should they see Christ in us, but also we should be an encourager, encourage somebody, support somebody, help somebody. And I will read finally and close uh, back with this book of Romans chapter 15. In verse, from verse number one, again, it says, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. We must help others to do what is right and do what? Build them up, not destroy them in the Lord. Therefore, even Christ is, didn't live to please himself, as the scripture says, the result of those who uh, insult you fall upon me in verse number five. He says, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for, the follow, for followers of Christ Jesus Christ. As is fitting, as he, because what befits, what, is, what fits the body of Christ, the Christian, is unity. Is love, is harmony. Is caring for one another, bearing each other's body, supporting one another, pray for one another, help one another, build ourselves up. He said that is what fits, he said, as is fitting for, follow our, for followers of Jesus Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God. So when this is lacking, don't say you lift up holy hand. That is not holy hand. So the, when you can lift up holy hand, and when our worship will be acceptable to God, when our praises will be acceptable to God, is when we live in love, in unity, caring for one another, forgiving one another, building one another up, help each other, then we can lift up holy hand. Then we can lift up holy hand and giving praise and glory to God. Therefore, accept each other the way they are. Accept each other as Christ has accepted you. I don't know how many of us were very, very righteous, holy, and perfect before we met Christ. I'm not sure we have that many people. I wasn't anyway. Before Christ, I mean, delivered me before he helped me. So he accepted me the way I am. And definitely he's doing his work in me. In the same way, the brother beside you, the sister beside you, with the shortcomings, with all the challenges in their life, accept them the way they are and see how you can help them to grow. How you can build them up in the Lord. Don't tear them down. Look at them and say Oh, this individual has not grown in this level. Can I mentor him or her? How can I assist him? How can I be a blessing to him? Then we can all lift up holy hands together and praise God. Shall we please close our eyes? And I want us to examine our life and ask ourselves, have I been, have I, am I building up others or am I destroying them? I want us to ask ourselves. I want us to search our heart 
how have I been helping others? How have I been helping others? How have I been helping others? Has my life been an example or am I a stumbling block to somebody else? I want you to talk to God. I want you to talk to God. I want you to talk to God because we all need each other. We all need each other. I have my own shortcoming. You also, you have your own shortcoming. How do we help each other? How do we build ourselves up? How do we encourage one another? How do we support one another? How do we support each other's businesses? How do we support each other's family? How do we help each other in our, in, I mean, with our children and in every areas of our life? And I want us to pray and talk to God and say, Lord, help us to walk in love. Help us to walk in love. Help us to walk in unity. And help us to care for one another. To build each other up. In the mighty name of Jesus, shall we please talk to God? Let us please talk to God. Help us, O oh Lord, to walk in unity, to walk in love. And I want us to pray that as many who are weak among God, that the Lord will strengthen them. And as many who have backslided, as many who have gone back, that the Almighty God will restore all the backsliders, all those who have gone back. I want us to pray unto God and say, Lord, restore them, O oh Lord. Restore them all. Restore them all. Restore them all in the name of Jesus. And I want you to pray and ask God the grace to be able to stand in the gap, pray for others, lift all the other up. Father, give me the grace in the name of Jesus. Shall we continue to talk to God?